Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of the Practice Report. That's Tim May, the 40-year vet. That's Andy Baxter. I'm Spencer Holbrook. It's the Cotton Bowl Report. And uh, if you don't think this game matters, then Jack Sawyer thinks that's a bull. This French. is a this is a friend friendly show. Jack Sawyer said it was French. I don't think it's French. It's more American in its Mike way. Mike Tyson says it's French. Uh, and since we're heading to the Cotton Bowl, that seems pretty apt that he called it bull crap, I guess, um, because the Buckeyes are prepared to send a full roster down there. Not the guys who entered the portal, of course, no Kyle McCord, no Julian Fleming, no Chip Trainum. He's with Kentucky, but the Buckeyes, a lot of the juniors who had decisions to make, guess what? They're all playing. Denzel Burke's playing. Uh, Jordan Hancock's playing. Jack Sawyer is playing. Donovan Jackson's playing. Um, Emeka Ibuka is playing. Like You're going to see a pretty full Ohio State roster against Missouri. Bad news for the Tigers, good news for the folks in Columbus. Tim, uh, opening reaction from hearing all these guys who are going to play in this game. Well, I pointedly asked Jack Sawyer about the people who are calling this a meaningless uh, game, uh, et cetera. You know, if you don't make the college football playoff anymore and you're in the realm of Ohio State and some others around the country like Georgia, Florida State, uh, the feeling is uh, the bowl game you're playing is, is meaningless, it's, it's an exhibition. Well, number one, they always have been to a certain extent. Yeah. That's really what the college football playoff is, really, when you think about it, for the loser of the first two rounds uh, of the college football playoff. But the bottom line is, he, as, he, as he said, uh, pardon my French, but that's BS. Mm-hmm. That's a little closer to what he said than yeah. full, I guess. But the point is, I, it looks like these guys are going in there focused. Uh, led offensively, it does appear, by Devin Brown. Going we'll to get, get to his that, first sure. start as a quarterback. He's pretty fired up about it. Uh, Xavier Johnson seems like he wants to go out in a flame. 
mm -hmm. flame of glory, et cetera. So right on down the line, I mean, you got a little more insight into their psyche. Yeah, that loss to the, quote, team up north, end quote, uh, still hangs heavy in the air around here, their third straight loss to them. But the bottom line is life goes on, and it looks like these guys are going to be uh, aching to play on uh, December the 29th in Jerry's World, uh, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Thank you for the exact coordinates there, Tim. I don't know Tim. if the top will be it. open or not. Uh, another Buckeye who's going to be playing, and then we'll also be playing in a lot of games next year, is Cody Simon, who not only said he's playing in the Cotton Bowl, but said he's coming back for another year, made that public. Um, that's on LettermanRoad.com from Mr. Andy Backstrom. Andy, opening takeaways after hearing from the Buckeyes. Yeah, Cody Simon's coming back, and he's supposed to be you know, that next quarterback of the defense. We're all expecting Tommy Eichenberg to depart. He's already accepted a Senior Bowl invitation, so that seems to be well on its way. So Cody Simon is in the fold. He already played that role, replacing Tommy Eichenberg in two games down the stretch of this season, and he's someone that rotated in for more than 300 snaps defensively this year. So it's good news for the Buckeyes to have him back. He's been a leader on this team for a couple of years now, even despite not starting. He did start in the 2021 season, so that's big for them. But yeah, you know, making the change from understanding that you lost to Michigan and you have to now, you know, come to terms with this reality that you're not playing the college football playoff. Yeah. Denzel Burke said that took him a while. Really it wasn't until like late last week that he came to terms with that reality. And that's probably the, the most difficult thing about this. You know, you want to build towards this game, the Cotton Bowl, and build towards next season, have motivation for what's to come in 2024. But making that shift, you could just get the sense from talking to these guys as much as it's easy to say that you do it, it's hard to actually do it. Mm -hmm. And I think they've done it, but it took a couple weeks. It's interesting to me because if you look back in 2021, at the end of the season, you had the two-loss hangover, or the two-week hangover after the loss to Michigan. And it, it's a lot of sulking and, and, you know, it just feels like the program is in a downward spiral. And then the Rose Bowl lifts you back up out of that. You had the two-week hangover after the loss to Michigan last year at home. One week. I still think it was a little bit of, well, yeah, you're right, because the, yeah. they got into the college football playoff, and that kind of lifted them back up. But then the Georgia game, even at a loss, lifted them again. This time, it feels like they want to make sure they take the program into a good offseason after a loss to Michigan. This has been a two-week hangover. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Jack Sawyer even said that it's still, he just said he doesn't, doesn't want to use the word haunts because he doesn't want Michigan to have the satisfaction of knowing that they haunted Ohio State. But... He did say that this it's still hurting, and that's yeah. okay that it's still hurting. It's been a two-week terror for Ohio State, to put it lightly. But you win in the Cotton Bowl, and you have all these guys play and potentially decide to return for another year, and you're talking about a team that was number seven or eight probably in the preseason polls next year to two or three in the preseason polls next year, high expectations. You're talking about getting the snowball rolling back down that hill and, and creating some momentum for the next year. I think that this... They're starting to realize that there might be light at the end of this Michigan tunnel, that the Cotton Bowl can serve as the springboard that they might need to get back on the right foot. The total that's move. the yeah, that's the that's almost the sense that I was getting today oh, from yeah. talking to some guys. It seems like they understand what this Cotton Bowl can represent. Well, there's a lot in flux. I think we're going to talk about this when we get to Dallas too. But there's a lot in flux, or excuse me, the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area, which Thanks, is Tim. where we'll be. Yeah, uh, there's a lot in flux for this team right now. Most the most in flux is. Is Devin Brown going to establish, going to show the world that he is worthy of being the starting quarterback for Ohio State in 2024? Yeah. Because he will have a definite chance at a major head start in this game. I, you know, he's out here talking to us for the first time, really, uh, since we talked to him after the Purdue game, uh, when he had that great Purdue game. And uh, 
like I said, I, it was the feeling then was that Ryan Day was trying to work him into it now because he wanted to bring him on. He wanted another, he wanted another option at quarterback, not necessarily to be the starter, but to, to, to when uh, Kyle McCord would get a little mired occasionally on different games to get him in there. Now this is his chance to plant, plant his flag, put his foot in the ground. He's already burned his boats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. He's not getting back on the boat. I'm not sure there was a little dinghy out there somewhere that wasn't burning, but I'm, but the bottom line is he wants to prove that he is worthy of being a starting quarterback at Ohio State. And, and then there are these other jobs that I won't get into that are the same way. I mean, this is their moment to, uh, like you said, propel into 2024. And the interesting thing is, that's the best way of saying it, because this game is going to be the last game they play in 2023. Yeah. December the 29th, what an odd date. Yeah. Well, we're, we can't just completely skip past Lincoln Keenholz and the development that he's going to have here in the next couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, I know. And so, you know, Devin is probably going to start in this game, but I'm very intrigued to see Lincoln as well. Obviously, the, the intrigue. Reason I do is Devin Brown was a much more highly touted oh, yeah. quarterback yeah. coming out of high school than Lincoln Keenholz for many reasons. But, you know, that's where the focus is right now is Kyle McCord is gone. He's actually today in Lincoln, Nebraska, visiting Lincoln. and potentially going to Nebraska to play football. He's not here. And so it's Devin Brown, it's Lincoln Keenholz, it's Dylan going. Dylan Rayola's there too today, isn't he? <laughs> we don't need to talk in about spirit, that right anyway. now. We don't need to talk about that right now. But, uh, you know, this is a Devin-Lincoln conversation now heading into the Cotton Bowl. And that also gives you some hope for what next year could look like. And I think today officially serves as like the turn the page, get to the Cotton Bowl prep. And it's going to be an interesting couple weeks here, Andy, for the quarterback position and for the entire offense at Ohio State. Yeah, I'm not sure how to run with this, but an interesting just discussion overall about the quarterback position, Kyle McCord's departure, and mixed responses. Some people knew about it. Some people were surprised about it. Some, and maybe that's just the transfer portal. Maybe that's just the way the world works, but that was interesting to hear. Um, and then now Devin Brown has all the options, and Lincoln Keenholz as well. You're working with a full chamber of offensive options, mm -hmm. pretty much. I mean, that's what we're expecting, at least from what these guys just told us. And what's really interesting is that these 2021 class guys, third-year guys that could leave for the NFL early, well, it seems like it's a group decision because that's the way that Jordan Hancock was saying it. He said, we're all talking to each other about this decision. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a team almost decision with this mindset. And that's not to say that they're all going to say one thing or all going to go in the other direction, but they're at least talking about it like that with each other. And they all have different reasons to play. Like Jordan Hancock said, you know, he plays in the slot now. He'd go up against Luther Burden, who's one of the best wide receivers in the country, someone who will be playing on Sundays yeah. at some point. And he said that's an opportunity for him to show what he can do. You know, same thing for Tyleek Williams, you know, continue to show scouts what he can be at the next level. So they, it serves a dual purpose, right? It shows yeah. them what they can be in this next month, what next season could look like if they wanted to return could also show NFL scouts what they can be on Sundays if they choose to do that too. Yeah, and it's funny because Missouri is definitely treating this like a moment, a big moment in program history. Missouri is. And uh, you can't go in there half-hearted, you know. We, and the funny thing about that, about that Rose Bowl, when you think about it, you know, back then, that Rose Bowl was um, a, another a, a time that Ohio State hadn't dealt with in a long time of not being either the Big Ten champion or in the college football playoff, you know, et cetera. And we all saw that it they kind of came, they became aware of what kind of dogfight they were in about early in the second quarter, because mm -hmm. Utah was kicking their butt. And then all of a sudden you saw uh, the heart, uh, what I call it, the heart of the Ohio State football program kick into gear. And then, man, you know, and of course, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba had the most ridiculous game, especially second half. 
you know, who's to say that can't happen for Devin Brown and Emeka Egbuka in a game like this? Mm-hmm. That matters. And uh, But the one thing they can't do is sleepwalk into a game with Missouri because Missouri is treating this like a moment in time to establish themselves as among the elite in, in the college football world. I'm not sure. They've gotten really close against Georgia the last two years. And I think the Ohio State players understand they're not walking into a, a cakewalk. This is a a big-time game, a big-time challenge. Yeah, one of the things that's interesting for me now, knowing that some of these guys are going to play, that they don't have to play, is in 2021, no, no one on that defense was good enough to leave early. Right. So yeah. they didn't really have decisions Even to after make. that game. Steel Chambers, <laughs> um, Tommy Eichenberg, and, and uh, Kate uh, Stover. Kate Stover. Yeah, were the three linebackers. Yeah, yeah. I was the trying to think of there. linebackers, and instead I had to think of a tight end. Yeah. They were the three linebackers yeah. for Ohio State in that game. So, like, the future was there at that moment. The future could be there at that moment, but also you could see a lot of guys who are going to go on to the NFL still choosing to play in this game. So it is a little sure. bit different of a feel as the Rose Bowl, but it's it serves the same point of get to the offseason with a lot of momentum. Uh, this is only the third time I think Ohio State's ever been in the Cotton Bowl. That's why I was trying to figure out. I think it's 1987? Well, it was 1986 season. Ohio State okay. went, uh, what, 9-3 uh, and three in the regular season. That's why we keep this guy around. And then they beat, uh, you know, Kyler Murray's dad was the quarterback for uh, Texas A&M, Kevin Murray. And uh, they were that. favored in that game. And uh, Chris Spielman had a hell of a game along with uh, uh, a bunch of other Buckeyes, including Chris Carter. They, that game kind of, that team kind of fell apart in 87. That's another story for another day. But that was a big moment. I remember his, his uh, Earl Bruce had, had uh, obtained the uh, reputation or, or the moniker of being 9-3 Earl because he had finished 9-3 the previous five or six years in a row. And as he's walking out of the locker room after we finished interviews, I said, Coach Bruce, I said, it just struck me. You guys aren't nine and three, y'all are 10 and three. And he goes, that's right, we're 10 and three, no more of this nine and three. What did Jack Sawyer say? BS. Yeah, BS. I mean, bowl games can can leave their own mark, you know, and uh, I think that's the way they're looking at it. Yeah, the 2017 Cotton Bowl, a little bit of the same way. A couple guys opt out, but by and large, Buckeyes band together. That was in the, the, the first part of the, the opt out era. And uh, they get it done against USC. It's Sam Darnold. This time it's going to be against Missouri. Andy, before we get out of here, closing thoughts. We've now heard from the Buckeyes. This is our pseudo Cotton Bowl media day until we get to Dallas. We're not going to talk to the players again until we get down to Dallas. Um, maybe you know, the mindset of this program moving forward, the, the guys choosing to come back. The I don't, I don't know. There's a lot here. But today is a lot about the guys who are going to be playing and the guys who we didn't think Maybe they did had a decision to make, and now they've made the decision. They're going to play. And I think that's really good news just for the, the health of the program that you're seeing guys kind of band together. Yeah, certainly. And you can sense that that itch is still there to mm-hmm. want to beat Michigan, to want a Big Ten championship. Like, that's why these decisions are so hard for them. It's because of those team goals. And I also just thought there was a lot of honesty today from guys. I mean, Josh yeah. Fryer was open about, like, yeah, I kind of regress in that final game of the season. I need to be better. The sacks are there. And he, like, went into detail what he needs to be doing better at that tackle position. Um, you know, we heard Jordan Hancock talk about the defense, and, like, he said, honestly, yeah, this loss to Michigan did feel different from the last two years. It's not that it felt, like, better, but it felt different. It wasn't the same kind of beatdown. We need to be better. So it just felt like there was a lot of candor with these players today, mm-hmm. which I think we all appreciated. And it seems like we've done a lot of reflection over the last couple of weeks. And what was funny is, as the thing was getting ready to start, uh, in walked uh, – Bolitnikoff Award winner, fresh Bolitnikoff Award winner, number four in the Heisman Trophy uh, voting, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. with Reese Stocksdale, and they went over and you know to the Monarch machine and stuff. And the point is, 
Just imagine, I don't think any of us expect Marvin Harrison Jr. to be back next year with Ohio State based on his ranking at the moment. But just imagine if he holds up his hand and says, I'm playing also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, wow. What a, what a going out party it could be. And, uh, and Devin Brown, his eyes will be this big because he'll be throwing the, the, the most, you know, speaking of the fleet that he burned in that, in that photo in the harbor, just think about those, that fleet of receivers he's got because we're all getting ready to watch Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis and ever, all these other guys coming up. But just imagine if he has a Marvin Harrison Jr. and a Mekegbuka in that game. Uh, you know, that's kind of a just throw it out there. You can't miss. Yeah, for sure. And there are quite a few guys we haven't heard from who could still be making decisions. Um, there's Travion Henderson, who yeah. we don't know if yeah. he's going to play, if he's going to opt out, go to the NFL, if he's going to play and come back, if he's going to play and go to the NFL. Um, he has a big decision to make. There's a guy like Lathan Ransom who – uh, probably isn't going to play just because of the, the injury, uh, yeah, but has a decision to make on whether he's coming back. Like, There are so many other guys that we didn't hear from today. And yeah. JT Tuimola, a big one. Is he going to play? I don't know. Is he coming back? I don't know. A combination of the two? Who knows? But if you don't see decisions from these guys, I would expect them to play because they are probably going to announce if they're going to opt out and there's, go to the NFL. There's got to be so, a moment. There's got to be a moment coming where figuratively – Ryan Day says, hold up your hand if you're playing. Ohio State has to know who's not going to be yeah, on the and roster. And I think that starts uh, next week, you know, when they really get into uh, really come some serious bowl prep or maybe the end of this week when they get into some serious bowl prep. But uh, you kind of you want to know who's on the roster and who isn't. And that's coming, and whether we'll find out uh, you know, faster or slower remains to be seen. The Buckeyes are in full Cotton Bowl mode when we walked into this building beat and then the Missouri logo was up there. Uh, that's a first. We haven't seen that one. I don't know if Ohio State's ever played Missouri, but I'll do some research and find oh, out. Uh, they the played Missouri. They've the played Missouri. Year, the first year I moved to Ohio in 1976, uh, I think Missouri beat them in Ohio Stadium. I may be wrong. I mean, there was a hell of a game. I remember I had the worst seats in the house. And then, of course, everybody remembers Andy Katz and Moyer decleating Corby Jones. In, uh, everybody, for sure. Well, it's one of the great plays in Ohio State football history. Uh, uh, immerse yourself. I'm just in messing it. with you. Too. But that was at that was at Missouri is one of the great plays ever. So yeah, they have, they have met before. They met in a, a season opener, I think, in 1942, for example, when Paul Brown was the head coach at Ohio State. They will. I don't, I don't know if that was the uh, yeah. I think it was the season opener. But yeah, the, these teams have met before. Missouri is a proud program that has kind of done this through the years. Was in the Big Eight. Was a major factor in the Big Eight at one point. Yep kind of came and went. Uh, in my opinion, they're the third, maybe fourth best team in the South in the Southeastern Conference this year. This is a challenge. They'll meet again uh, on December 29th at 8 p.m. in the Cotton Bowl in Jerry World AT&T Stadium with the big screen. So you can watch it there, you can watch it on the field. Tim made the 40-year bet. He's going to watch it from wherever he wants I'll to. I'll probably on the big screen most of the time. <laughs> in the Cotton Bowl. that press box located. So will Andy Backstrom. He'll be there. I'll be there as well. Spencer Holbrook. We're sending the whole crew to Dallas, uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, for the Cotton Bowl between Ohio State and Missouri. A couple weeks until kickoff. We'll have full coverage at LettermanRoad.com. Go there now. Get all that coverage. $1 for your first month. We'll see you over there. LettermanRoad.com. We'll see you back in this building whenever they let us. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. 
That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.